Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. I'm Jason McKee and my co-host, perennial pro bowler, Mr. Olin Cruz. Olin, we got a lot to talk about in the NFL. A lot going on. Every time you pick up your phone, it's, a, it's an alert of something happening. Uh, today's show will have Kyle Long coming out of retirement, getting back in the game, putting down the golf clubs, picking up that helmet, brother O. <laughs> yep. I'm excited to see what Kyle has to say on in an interview. We'll have that mm-hmm. coming up. Also going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about Allen Robinson being franchise tagged, so hopefully he will remain in the Bears jersey. We're also going to talk about some some current events, some guys, uh, you know, big signings, big free agent signings. But we're also going to talk about uh, the Bears cap situation, mm-hmm. which is going to be a big factor in what the Bears do moving forward in free agency, but also in the NFL draft. Uh, first topic, brother O, and we always start off with current events. And I want to talk about, Money Dak. Money Dak mm. Prescott got paid, brother O, four years, $160 million. It's an average of $42 million per year, $75 million in year one, but he also got $66 million to sign his name, Dak Prescott. Man, and, and if I was playing old line for him, I just want an egg McMuffin and an orange juice. You know what I mean, J-Mac? At least if he walked in the locker room, I would say that. Just an egg McMuffin and right. an orange juice. That's all right. I want. One time, but but right. really happy. Uh, uh, you know, I'm this age now, just really happy for the young man. Uh, you know, after seeing that injury he had last year, I think he had a compound fracture yeah. and a dislocation of his ankle. Yeah. Um, you can see him. I remember him. He was crying uh, after the injury, being uh, driven out of the stadium. You knew he was on a franchise tag. Mm. Immediately you thought, that's why you hate the franchise tag. But the good thing is that with the position he plays and the importance of that position, the Cowboys can't take a chance, uh, J-Map, to lose a guy like Dak Prescott. Um, they weren't very good without him. Uh, his offensive line is aging. Uh, Zach Martin, Tyrone Smith, Zach still playing a high level. Tyrone Smith, you know, He's not what he used to be, but still pretty damn good. Um, Travis Fedricks, I think, retired. Uh, they got a new young center from Wisconsin. Anyway, uh, tons of talent around him, J-Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, good to see him get uh, that money after being franchised and being injured because really all of us around the game, all of us former players, man, that's your biggest worry yeah. when you see a guy get a franchise tag. Yeah, and the good thing about it is the, the Cowboys got it right. You know, I really respect Jerry Jones for paying Dak. Obviously, he earned that contract. But the thing about Dak, it goes back to to what we've been talking about a lot lately. And our guy we had on last podcast, Brad Biggs, uh, talked about multipliers. Dak Prescott is a multiplier. And what that means is he elevates the play of everybody around him. And you, we saw that last year. I mean, I, I looked up some numbers, brother, and you talked about how the Cowboys weren't the same without Dak. So I looked up some numbers. So Dak... The Cowboys with Dak Prescott were averaging 32 points per game. Without Dak, they averaged 21 points per game. But it also affected Ezekiel Elliott. Look at Ezekiel Elliott, how when Dak was there, you know, they weren't able to load up the box. He was still Zeke. He's one of the premier running backs in the league. When Zach's out of the lineup, we didn't see Zeke anymore. Everybody's trying to drop Zeke from their fantasy teams. Zeke's not getting yards because Zeke commanded all the attention when Dak wasn't present. When Dak's there, you can't just focus on a run game because Dak will pick you apart. Mm-hmm. And he is that true leader that you want in a franchise quarterback because he is a true multiplier. And Jerry Jones, I was watching the press conference they had the other day, and he, and he said it well. He said, uh, he said, anything that I've ever done, that's worked out or that's been special to me, I've overpaid for. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So and when he when he says that, that shows you the respect and love that they had for Dak Prescott. And I'm glad to see, you know, Dak, he played on that franchise tag. And a lot of people say he bet on himself. But in that press conference, Dak said, you know, he trusted his faith. It wasn't wow. him betting on himself. It was him trusting his faith and him sticking to his faith and his beliefs got him that money. No doubt. And listen, no one believes Jerry Jones. Look, Jerry Jones, uh, you got these new TV contracts. You got all this gambling <laughs> money coming in. Uh, you're the one getting overpaid. All these NFL owners right now, right. J-Mac, uh, they're making plenty enough money oh, yeah. to pay these contracts. And look, uh, when you see a guy get a contract like this, it's because they are projecting already what next year's salary cap is, right? And they know what's coming. They know uh, this new gambling opening up for the NFL and all this gambling money coming in is about to shoot this salary cap through the roof, man. And uh, NFL, no matter what has happened, no matter what it has gone through, J-Map, the popularity has never wavered, right? So, but as far as the Cowboys team is and, and Ezekiel Elliott, I know he has fumbling problems. That's one thing Dak has had. Uh, since he got into the NFL, is a really good offensive line. It's always surrounded by a lot of talent. And that offensive line is kind of taking a hit. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously they still got Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, but it's going to be interesting to see, uh, of them, how that Cowboys team looks as they go on. Because like you said, before his offensive line was the multiplier, right? right. His offensive line made his, Ezekiel Alex very good football player, but, they made the quarterback and running back better than they were. Definitely. Now, as these guys kind of age and you got more of the money and we can't put as much money into the offensive line, you're right. He is going to have to be the multiplier. He's going to have to be the guy who makes guys around him a lot better than they are. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what you're getting paid for now. You yep. know, and you mentioned Jerry Jones. I mean, all that, despite the contract that Dak got, that's like money that Jerry Jones has in his ashtray. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's, that's two pay-per-view fights at the stadium that can cover mm-hmm. that contract. But you made a great point in the offensive line being a multiplier and, and, and some of the guys being not what they were due to injuries, due to, you know, they're being banged up and the mileage that they have. And we had Tom Siskowski on here a few podcasts ago, and he even mentioned uh, Tyron Smith you know, not being the same that he was when he first entered the league. And that's something um, that we should look at moving forward. You know, can Dak uh, be Dak without having the greatest support cast, especially up front? That remains to be seen. But the Cowboys paid him that way, so that's what they expect. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's going to be interesting to watch him down there. Just glad uh, that he did get the contract that he was looking for even after that that horrific injury he had. And that leads me into Allen Robinson mm. uh, getting franchise tagged and just kind of what you think and what you feel about uh, Allen Robinson getting the franchise tag. I think it's at $17.8 million. I think they have to mid-July to work a long, long-term deal out. Does anybody understand why there's a rule that they can't still work on a long-term contract during the season? Like, I I, I, some of this stuff I don't get. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Allen Robinson, J-Mac, and more? What do you think about the franchise tag? Well, I mean, you know how I feel about Allen Robinson. We've been raving about him throughout our podcast. I mean, he's a guy that is the bona fide number one receiver in your offense. In the passing game, he is the focal point especially, you know, in, in in a situation where you haven't had steady quarterback play. His numbers have never wavered. And when you have a, a guy at a skill position like that whose numbers don't decline, 
they continue to be sustained and never waver, even though you have uh, different positions, uh, you know, constantly going through changes, that shows you what type of player you are. And, you know, the Bears got it right. They franchise him. Hopefully uh, they can work out a long-term deal because when you have a guy like Allen Robinson, it makes it appealing for more guys to come play for you, especially at a position that's in the limelight right now in Chicago, that quarterback position. You know, you bring back a guy like Allen Robinson, now you may attract some of those free agent quarterbacks and then, you know, they may want to come here and, and play with Allen Robinson. You lose Allen Robinson, I mean, like you said, there's not a lot left, you know, in that wide receiver room for you to work with. Darnell Mooney is a huge bright spot. We talked about him a few podcasts ago. Anthony Miller was was a disappointment last year. Uh, a lot of guy, young guys that haven't got a lot of playing time that need to develop. So you got to bring back a guy like Allen Robinson, one brother O for the productivity, mm-hmm. but two for the mentorship, helping those young guys in that wide receiver room. Yeah, and like you, we keep talking about because Coach Nagy said it so much in his last interview or interview. A guy who makes people around him better. They're so important in NFL, J-Mac. I don't think people really understand that uh, in the locker room, a guy who leads, who makes his teammates better, who a guy who people want to follow is extremely important if you want to be a, a winning football, a team that wins consistently in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I want to touch on because you hear it sometimes is uh, I don't want to hear this guy who's going to make $17 million uh, cry about, you know, <laughs> not getting a deal, not getting money. Right. That bugs me because look, in any business, Allen Robinson is in a business, he's in the NFL business. If you are one of the best at your craft and you are worth a certain amount of money that other guys are getting paid, mm. you should be paid Preach. that that money that, that these other guys are making. And look, there's a big difference between making $17.8 million and, and having $60 million guaranteed, which Amari Cooper, Michael mm. Thomas have. I think Keenan Allen got $40 million guaranteed. Mm. Allen Robinson is right there, and it almost seems to me, I hate to use the word, but it almost seems to me un-American that a guy can be held from not making money. So this franchise tag, J-Mac, and I am not a lawyer by any means, Mm -hmm. but the more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more it holds somebody back from capping out his potential when he's at the prime of his career. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, we play a violent sport where, like Dak Prescott showed you, a catastrophic injury can happen. And if that happens to a wide receiver, he is not getting the contract that Dak Prescott just got because he needs that foot. He needs that leg to run. So if something like that happens to Allen Robinson, uh, he just lost 30 to $40 million, right? Mm. So I almost say at some point, and I don't, I'm, I'm no lawyer. Somebody else has to answer this for me. I wonder if this, if this franchise tag, man, if you took it to court, is this thing even legal that tells you that you can't make the money that basically you have earned, right? Allen Robinson has earned the right Every to penny. get a contract that Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, maybe a step below DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones, but it's just right there. And now you're telling me that he needs to be happy and patient with $50 million <laughs> less dollars in his pocket. And I'll tell you this, you are crazy. You are crazy mm. if you think that he should not be mad and that he should not be offended by the fact and I know it's the rule and I know it's not Ryan Pace's fault and I know but but if it is the rule if it isn't a CBA mm. uh, then the players union has to fight against it and someone has to come up with a way that says look man uh, what is my insurance if I sign this franchise tag what is my insurance that you're giving me that I'm going to make the money that I am worth that I am supposed to make Man, that's well said. I mean, that that's right on point. And, and, the, and the sad thing about it is when you look at it, especially the way you broke it down for the listeners, brother, it's the player assumes all the risk. 
Yes. The player assumes all the risk. Now, the organization, they have no risk. They still get their guy, who they want, who they don't have to come to a long-term deal with, but they get to play him on a one-year contract, so to speak. But they assume no risk because now all the risk is on the player because if he gets hurt, well, then our organization cut back and say, all right, well, we don't have to pay you. But we didn't work you for another year. You know, and, and the sad thing is, like you said, a lot of these players have earned that contract. They're not asking for something that they don't deserve. Mm. They earned it. The blood, sweat, the tears, the preparation, the meaning to travel, the time away from your family. You know, you go out there putting your your body on the line each and every Sunday and then you come back and say, all right, well, you know what? We're not going to give you the long term deal that you earn, you know, that right. you put on display for organization. We're going to give you a one year contract. And they're basically saying, you know what? You're not worth a long term deal despite what you've done. We're going to give you that one-year deal. And the thing that bugs you, J-Mac, is like you're saying, it's not like he signed a contract and wants out. Right. No, he completed his contract. He he completed what he was required to do. And yet, they have this thing now uh, that they've put in there, this poison pill that they've got in this CBA that says, yeah, you may have done your contract, but I got this thing for you that keeps you around here and basically takes food off your table. You don't get uh, what you've earned. And I can see if the argument is, look, you signed a contract, uh, you got to complete it. That's not the argument. Right. The argument is you just need to be happy with basically half of what you could have made if you were a free agent, which you've earned right. since you played the most violent sport in the world and completed your contract. Anyway, I can go, I, the more I think about the franchise tag, the more I'm wondering uh, what the guys who run our union, what the hell they're doing. But uh, that, that that's a question for them and another day. But, uh, you know, since we are a Bears show, J-Mac, just wondering what you think about where the Bears are salary cap wise after the number came out that it's going to be a hundred. $182.5 million, the salary cap, I think. The Bears sit at just uh, just above $190 million right now. Mm-hmm. And um, a good guy to follow on Twitter uh, is Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt does a lot of good work, um, you know, on, on Twitter and talking about salary cap and things like that. But uh, he said that these teams knew this since last July and they should have had a plan together. So just wondering where you think the Bears sit and where they will attack uh, their, how they'll attack their roster and trying to get, get different guys on on their team. Yeah, so I'll go into a little bit. By no means am I an expert, so we might have a lot of podcast corrections uh, next show, like we always do in our in our No Name Football podcast. Uh, some of the some of the guys I looked at that could be uh, some possible uh, salary cap casualties, but also um, you know some restructuring may occur. You look at first of all, we'll start with Kyle Kyle Fuller. So Kyle Fuller, so to speak, I think he's if if, he, if they release him or whatever they do with him, it's a twenty million dollar cap hit mm-hmm. for Kyle Fuller. I mean that's your you know your, your starting corner. You know he's he's your your leader in that secondary. You know a guy that's been in that organization for a long time, a guy you depend on, a guy who's been an All Pro as well. And then I go down the list. You got Akeem Hicks, brother O, mm-hmm. who's your stalwart, stalwart on that defensive line. Um, we know what he means to that locker room. He is he is the so to speak alpha male in that locker room. You know he is the heartbeat of the defense. You know the blood of the defense pumps through his veins. He's a guy that could be an eleven million dollar cap uh, cap savings. Uh, so those are two of the bigger names. I can go down the list. Buster Screen, uh, Bobby Massing, which they already released, uh, saved them five million mm-hmm. in cap space. Uh, Anthony Miller, not really productive. You got the emergence of Darnell Mooney. There could be a decision there. Uh, Jimmy Graham could be a decision too. I mean, he'd be $7 million in cap savings 
with the emergence and, and a guy you draft in the first round and Cole Komet, you know, a guy that you want to develop, the guy that you want to beat your lead tight end. You have Jimmy Graham, a tight end who's more of a receiving tight end, doesn't want to block. He's good in the red zone, but is he worth you keeping for that uh, for that amount of money? Yeah, I'll start at Jimmy Graham. Uh, no, he's not, but 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 you'd like to rework something with him, hopefully. Um, really liked him in the red zone last year. Uh, thought he was a weapon down there. Thought teams had a hard time matching up with him down there. And look, we talked about on this podcast, their problem is scoring points. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was one of the best guy options they had in the red zone by putting ball in the end zone. So can you rework something with him and drop his cap number? Uh, that would probably be what the Bears would like to do. Um, if you have to pick, J-Mac, here's something I was thinking about mm-hmm. between Kyle and Akeem Hicks, and I'm with you there on Akeem Hicks. Mm-hmm. That guy's fun to watch, uh, but you have so much money in that defensive line, right? You got Cleo Mack. You gave Robert Quinn money last year. Uh, you got Eddie Goldman. The Robert Quinn signing continues to haunt them, if you ask me. I uh, didn't think that was a good decision by them, uh, by Ryan Pace. Maybe one of his worst decision, decisions on free agents uh, since he's been here. But I think you have to keep your your cornerback, Kyle yeah. Fuller, if, if you choose between the two, right? If, if Kyle, hopefully Kyle, you know, they can find a way to rework his deal, uh, get him down, get his number down this year. That's another problem the Bears are having to keep prorating these contracts. Uh, J-Mac, here's my question for you when I was looking through this. Mm-hmm. And, and they got a lot of work to do to get under the salary cap, to get to guys that they've got to get on their team to make their offense better. Quarterback is a problem, okay? They're... Salary cap guy's name is Joey Lane, right? Director of football ops. Okay. Mm-hmm. How in the hell do you not have, do you, you don't have a starting quarterback on your team, right? And you have salary cap problems. Yeah. That's beyond that. that, that, that that's so, be, somebody's not doing what So now if, do. if they don't win this year, they keep kicking these things down the road. Eventually you have to pay, right? So, now, if they don't win this year, they don't have a starting quarterback, they're over the salary cap. The next guys who come in, the situation they walk into is not very good, right? And look, anything you've ever done in life, uh, you always want to leave things uh, better than you found them. Exactly. Right. And right now, this organization, I know people want, they want to make a big play for someone like Russell Wilson. And I'll talk about that before we end this uh, podcast. I got an interesting thought. I was thinking about that thing. But <laughs> anyway, man, uh, frustrating when you look at the position this Bears team is in, J Mac, that they have to rework contracts, that they have to rework free agents, that they got to get under the salary cap, that they're not there yet, even though they knew that this was coming since last July. And they still, even with salary cap problems, they don't have a starting quarterback. Yeah, because they're in a situation to where a lot of big swings and a lot of misses, you know, a lot of gambling. You gamble on a guy like Robert Quinn to come in to, to be that other presence off the edge opposite of uh, Khalil Mack. That didn't work out so good for you last year. You took a big swing and, and giving up a lot in your draft to take Mitchell Drabisky at number two. That didn't work out. You bring in Nick Foles. You know, how did that work out? That didn't work out. So you've got it. You've got an, an, a front office that's taking a lot of big swings and they're missing. And, you know, do they get a do they get any leeway for that? No, because that's their job. You got to do your research. You've got so many guys in so many departments. You mentioned this guy, Joey Lane. Everybody's got to do their job. Yep. And it, once you make a mistake. At your job, especially in a market like Chicago, well, it's it put to the forefront. Mm-hmm. It comes out. And like you said, they're setting this this organization back. They're putting us in a position to where 
you know, this organization is not going to be able to make moves or make changes necessary to help this franchise because of cap problems, money issues and things that you just mentioned, brother. Yeah, and, and it's just anyway. It, it's I was just kind of frustrated looking at the situation they're in. Uh, they don't they don't have a big name tackle they have to pay J Mac. Mm-hmm. They they won't pay their big name receiver. They don't have a big name tight end to pay. They don't have a big name running back to pay. They don't have a big name quarterback to pay. Yet they're over the cap. Unbelievable. It, it's crazy to me, right? And you look at teams like the Colts, and I think they're thirty million under the cap, and and they have some of the things that I just mentioned. Right. So it's just, it's kind of crazy to me. Uh, the Bears really got to get things straight up there. Yeah. Uh, get that team moving in the right direction. Uh, which, you know, I think they're counting on J Mac that these young guys, by young guys, I mean at their job, Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy and even Joey Lane, they're counting that these guys are getting better right. at their job on the job. So they're, 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 you know, we're paying the price. Anyway, uh, moving on to Russell Wilson, which everybody, <laughs> we're going to talk about real fast because, um, Everybody keeps saying that he may he may come to Chicago, which, hey, man, I mean, Please if they do. make it happen. But <laughs> I was thinking the only trade, if I'm the Seahawks, that makes sense to me is Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack, and three ones. Mm. I'm, I'm taking your best players, mm. and I'm taking your three ones for a franchise quarterback. But I was thinking, so you put Khalil Mack on that defense, uh, uh, you know, with um, – uh, Wagner mm-hmm. and Adams, the safety, Jamal Adams, right? They, mm-hmm. I think they traded for him from the Jets. Yep. And then on offense, you got Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. So I was thinking, who would Shane Waldron, the Rams, uh, former pass game corner, he runs the Rams scheme, the outside zone boot. You heard Kyle Long. Mm-hmm. You will hear Kyle, we, we will hear Kyle Long talk about that scheme, uh, later in the show, but, um, who would he want? And I was thinking a perfect quarterback would be Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> so you're just going to throw Mitch in that package. No, no, too. well, we can't trade Mitch. He's a free agent, so he can't trade. Oh, That's right. You're right. Uh, something else I wanted to jump on real fast before we end. Uh, the Bears did release uh, Buster Screen already, uh, so we all know. Okay. Uh, he's, 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 uh, he got released. But I was thinking about that package, and I'm like, what if Mitch Trubisky ended up? Oh, Allen Robinson would be like, how do I get away from this guy? <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is, and like we've seen with a lot of players that depart Chicago and leave, they leave and go on to have success. Mm-hmm. One, because they're in the right scheme that fits their skill set. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Mitch leave and, and go to a different team and, and get into an office that actually fits his skill set to where he can be developed as a quarterback. And so, you know, if we went to Seattle and had all those weapons, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see Mitch have success there. Um, going back to what you said too about, you know, we were talking about the front office making the right choices and you brought up a good point, the Colts. So our guy over there, Chris Ballard, has mm-hmm. done a heck of a job over there, brother. Heck of a job. He comes in, you know, he builds this, he builds that organization the right way. And you, they have cap space, but they got, you know, the quarterback that they wanted. You know, the defense is stellar. They did their, they did their due diligence in, 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 in drafting. I mean, you've got a linebacker and Darius Leonard, who's, who's been an all pro that you got. I think they got him in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they did their homework. They made the right picks and it's worked out and they've set their franchise up to have future success. So that way they can bring Bring in more guy that can help that franchise. So a complete opposite for what we're seeing here in Chicago. Yeah, man. And just just um, a lot of interesting things going on around the NFL right now. Uh, this week coming up, J-Mac, interested to see. People say it's going to be a bloodbath with free agents. There's a lot of good free agents already on yeah, the street. Started. Uh, we'll probably talk about it next week, bring some names. A bunch of guys got franchise tag, but some big names actually are going to get to free agency. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get to Kyle Long here uh, in a second. 
The best way to celebrate winning plays and touchdown is with Tequila Embajador. That's my way of celebrating. If you want to make the right play call, go online and order your bottle of Tequila Embajador at www.embajadortequila.com slash buy-online-html and enter the discount code no name pod and receive your 10% discount on each bottle purchase or 50% off with a purchase of two bottles tequila embajador where every sip is made to comfort the soul all right welcome into the no name podcast today our guest former pro bowl right guard right tackle We'll give him the right tackle, even though there was an alternate, alternate, uh, alternate. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast, man. We we like to go with the truth here, okay? So, uh, I know right, no, <laughs> you know the rules. Uh, if you're an alternate, um, you know we, we don't give you that Pro Bowl. Uh, we got Kyle Long here, Kyle, man. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, brother. Good to hear you guys. And uh, J-Mac, I know I can't see it, but good talking to you, bro. Yeah, J-Mac is just walking in. He's got a, he's got a late fine. We're going to find him on the podcast. <laughs> uh, that I think, what is a max fine? For, for, was it 4500 Hey, that's why I'm retired, man. I, I don't want to spend <laughs> that money no more, man. But uh, Kyle, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to jump on the pod with us, brother. I'll move heaven and earth to talk to Brother O, as you've called him. I'm going to start calling him Brother O now. That's his name, man, Brother O. Hey, Kyle, late to a podcast. I think that's conduct detrimental to the podcast. Yes, yes. Hey, Kyle, man, you know, where I want to start, honestly, like looking over for this podcast and getting ready to have you on, um, your story is pretty damn interesting, man. And and I just want to take the listeners back to – even your high school days, and I want to make, I want to, I want to confirm all of this stuff. Now, you threw the the ball in baseball. You threw mid nineties, right? Yeah, some days if it was warm enough. Now, now, what was your height and weight when you were standing on the mound? I was six six two eighty five from <laughs> junior year on. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> now, listen. Did anybody ever rush the mound when you beat them? Oh no! No, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I think so. They look over and like, man, he hit me. It's all right. You throw another one. You're fine. So, so they didn't know. I, they didn't know. I didn't know how to fight though, and I had no clue. Oh no! Wait, 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 hey, hey, Kyle, when you're that big and you're that athletic, it doesn't really matter what the hell you know. Now, listen. Um, so you were also batting 500. Is that right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think just north of there. Yeah. And so you had scholarships for both football and baseball? Yeah. Yep. Now that's awesome, man. I know uh, a lot of people and kids that I touch, you know, I, I preach to the parents about being a multi-sport athlete. Um, a lot of college coaches want multi-sport athletes just because they know that that particular student athlete isn't just sitting around when his, when his season is over. That way they remain in a competitive environment. Uh, talk about how, you know, that helped you, you know, being being a being a baseball player, a football player. Uh, how did it help you excel in football and keep you ready for football? Well, that's a great point, J-Mac. It's like growing up, my dad was like, do everything you can. Every opportunity mm. you have to showcase your athleticism and to build your skill set, whether it was hockey. I remember we tried hockey one year. I said, this mm. is too early. Dad. Like, <laughs> it's just too early. How were you on the ice? So it was, I could skate. I could really? skate. Uh, I that's not good. shocking. Uh, yeah. But it too early, too early, bro. Um, so I did, I mean, you did everything. And I remember vividly dad saying, let your free flag fly. And from a young age, he was like, 
show that shit off, dude. You know, this mm. is what God, this is what God gave you. Don't bitch about it, you know, and have fun. My mom always said, have fun, but you go back to playing all the different sports. I grew up playing against a guy you may have heard of named Russell Wilson. And he played football. He played baseball. He played basketball. He probably played chess team. Um, you know, he played everything he could and he was dominant at it. And now you look at him in the NFL and guys like him, like Mahomes, like these tremendous athletes you see at the quarterback position, they're taking from all the sports that they've played. They're not just guys who lived at an elite 11 camp, bro. Like these dudes did, did it all in all fields and all sports and it carries over. It's a good lesson for young kids. Play as much as you can, meet as many kids as you can and compete against the best you can. You know what's crazy about that too is you'll get former athletes like obviously Kyle's dad is a Hall of Famer, For sure. Kyle Long, UJ Mack, and, and they'll say play a bunch of sports, right, Kyle? But then you'll go talk to somebody who didn't play professional sports, and they'll say club sports, and they'll say you have to just play one sport. And I think there obviously it's for the business of club sports. That's very obvious, but mm-hmm. I think some of that is ruining these kids. To be honest, Kyle. Yeah, they get burnt out. I mean. I know I played with a bunch of kids, whether it be baseball or football, that were really good, but, you know, they just got ran into the ground. It became a nine-to-five for them, honestly. Um, I know when Little League Baseball ended, we'd go, to the, we'd go to Little League All-Stars, and then when we got beat there, Dad would say, okay, pack your shit up. We're going to Montana, boys. We're going to the lake. <laughs> we're going to go enjoy it. And no. until the end of July, when everybody had to report back to football, we were just, you know, a family in the woods on the lake enjoying each other's company. Now, we trained in the morning, but there was no sport. So, Kyle, I'm, I'm a big follower of you on social media. Follow you on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, great follow. You always post good content. And you always post that every time I go on there, you're always crushing a golf ball or you're always on the golf course. So what is the what was your motivation coming out of retirement, putting the golf clubs down and, and picking back up a helmet? Oh, man, it's just uh, I, I came into Olin's gym. You know, I'll start with this when I got let go, really, because I was playing terrible and I was banged up. Obvious it's on film. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody really reached out and said, come work out, come hang out. Olin said, hey. If you need a place, you know where to find me. And mm-hmm. I went over there a little bit. I think I was what, like 275, Olin? Mm-hmm. Um, and Olin said, hey, bro, I know you're here to train and to feel good, but if you want to do this thing, don't come back in here unless you're 310 pounds. And, you have to <laughs> and I, I took the hint, and uh, I, I did media for a year, and I knew that I was going to come back and play football. Now, I... Mm-hmm. A very small circle of people knew this, and it's come to fruition now. It's public, but uh, football, it doesn't – I mean, if you can still do it and you want to do it, go do it. And I don't want to just get back on the horse. Um, I want to ride the shit out of that horse, Mm. and I want that horse to remember me. Uh, Mm. And my legacy's at stake, man. You put the last few games on of me playing, and that's the guy that they're going to remember, unfortunately, and I have to change that. Yeah, so Kyle, I want to take you back uh, first before we dig into what what that's all going to take. Uh, just when you were coming out of college, how many starts did you have at offensive line? Uh, including junior college? Yes. Well, I started my second year. I was I rode the bench at defensive end my first year there. So the second year I started 15 And that was uh, Saddleback Community College, right? Saddleback uh, Junior College, yes, sir. Okay. 
in uh, Southern Orange County. So if you got any football players that are that can't go D1 or whatever school they want to go to, that's a great place to go. Now, I was watching an uh, um, interview with your dad. Is it true that after baseball didn't work out, you were at a surf shop? Yeah, well, I uh, I worked at Jack Surfboards, and mm-hmm. I stocked shoes, and I, uh, mm. I waxed surfboards for kids, and I sold sex wax, you know, the stuff that all the surfers have. Yep. Um, I sold jeans and stuff. I had no clue what I was doing, but they were going to give me a little bit of money. Mm. Yeah, if you, if you, didn't, if you didn't grow up in Hawaii and someone says sex wax, you're like, what the hell is Kyle talking about? <laughs> but growing up in Hawaii, I knew what he meant. Yeah, so I was selling that stuff, and uh, I rode a skateboard to work every day. I lived at like a, a sober house, essentially, like mm-hmm. a halfway house. And, you know, eventually a guy came in and he said, do you play football? <laughs> I said, no, I, I wax surfboards. <laughs> and he said, well, because I know of a football coach up the street who would love to have you. His name's Mark McElroy at Saddleback College, you mm. know, and one day I had our, uh, I had our, essentially our parole officer guy. He was like, I'm going to take you down to Saddleback and I'm going to sit outside the room while you meet with the coach and I'm going to test you when you get back in the van and we're going to go back to the, the facility, whatever it was. And, I remember I had a great talk with the guy and I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to chase quarterbacks around. I want to crush quarterbacks. I think it was Chris's rookie year. So I was like, uh, I want to be like Chris at that time. Mm-hmm. And it became apparent to me that I'm an offensive lineman very quickly when I was going inside, when I was supposed to go outside. And I got benched very quickly. And that's, that's a great testimony, Kyle. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every NFL player has a testimony about, you know, how they reached the ultimate pinnacle. And that's just, you know, one of the great ones. Uh, in line with all the other ones. Um, talk about, you know, your body. You know, you've had some time off. How's the body feeling? I know you're 32 years old now, uh, coming out of retirement. What have you been doing to prepare yourself, and how's the body feel? Well, I've been trying to move as much heavy stuff as I can, um, put myself in position to deal with the rigors of just getting beat to shit. As you know, it happens in football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a physical game. It's a violent game. And if you're not preparing for that, as you guys know all too well, then you're going to find yourself at the short end of the stick physically. And um, I had some tough injuries over my career and some things that I couldn't control. I got rolled up on a couple times. Um, that's just part of the game. But those injuries led to other soft tissue stuff. And I just needed time away. I needed to get my mind right. Um, I haven't I haven't been this hungry for something in a very long time. Um, and, you know, I know that window closes fast. And... I'm doing everything I can to be ready, and I will be ready. And I, I, it, it will look a little bit different than what you guys have seen. Um, so let me ask you this, Kyle. I know at the end of my career, and I wonder how J-Mac feels about this too. That's a great thing about having um, you both of you guys on, really. Uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the fact that I couldn't deliver force. Like, I, I felt like I could deliver force. It was I couldn't absorb force. You know what I'm saying by that? Like, I couldn't absorb guys running into me, guys hitting me anymore. And um, late, not late, but when you decide to step away, what the words you use, when I watched your film, uh, it was the absorbing force that it looked like you kind of struggled with. So um, I know you said you're lifting heavyweights. Uh, who are the guys helping you uh, with this return back to the NFL? And um, what things are you guys doing to prepare yourself to not only deliver force, but absorb a 300-pound guy trying to bull rush you, run right down uh, the middle of your body, and you got to accept all of that and sit him down? Down. Well, we're doing just that, Olin. Um, we're, we're trying to simulate that as best we can. And I'm with uh, 
I'm with an old teammate of mine, Taylor Boggs, who is one of the brightest minds that I've been around in terms of preparing your body for this stuff. Uh, he was a, a journeyman in the NFL. And then obviously Larry Warford, um, who is unsigned. He was a tremendous guard in this league uh, for, for a long time. And we train together every day. I'm sitting in the driveway getting ready to go get after it in the garage. I mean, we got a public park down the street. Like we're in a neighborhood at a public park and <laughs> we're hitting one another, bro. Like, yeah, I love um, it. Oh man. Pe- people probably looking at us like we're a little silly and we are, but <laughs> we love it. We really love it, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's fun. And there's, there's nothing like that brotherhood as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't, you can't be with anybody better than bogs, man. That's, that's a great choice. So yeah, Kyle. we've been doing, uh, we've been doing the, and, and J-Mac, you were talking about doing different stuff. So we lift here. We do all the West Side Barbell. And mm. we get after it. Stuff that I look at and I say, how the hell am I going to do that? And then you do it. And you just, like, you can feel your hamstrings and your quads just jumping out of your shorts in a good way. You know what I mean? And then uh, some nights we'll go do Muay Thai. I learned how to kick, Olin. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned how to do some kicks, some switch kicks. That's hard. That's hard stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's athletic. It's athletic-based. I mean, it's if you can do that stuff, um, if you can take on a bull rush from one of these guys, if you can deliver a blow on an inside zone or a gap scheme, like what we're working out here, if it, if it seems like, hey, come work out for me, I say, you just, you just name the freaking day, bro. That's awesome. That, and speaking of that, Kyle, the next question I had on deck for you is without, without giving away too much information, you know, with your agent and all that stuff and teams you're talking to, uh, what does an ideal situation look like for Kyle Long? Like what, what teams, you know, what it was an ideal team or an ideal fit look like for you? Just an opportunity. Um, obviously winning is big. Uh, I want to win. Um, now that's, that's at the top of everybody's list. They want to win. They want to have fun, but I want to get an opportunity to go compete. And, uh, I think I will have an opportunity. I think the scheme is big too. Uh, you know, there's some schemes that I can just rule out based on what they do in the running game. And, I mean, you could ask Olin or there's some schemes that fit guys really well, man, up front. Uh, and I don't know how it determines the fullback comfort level, but I can tell you as an O-lineman, if, you know, you got me taking jump shots when I'm a post-up guy, it's a little bit different. Mm. So give us a scheme that you're talking about, Kyle, so the, so the, so the listeners can understand uh, what kind well, of scheme – Okay, for example, I, I like to run, Olin. You mm-hmm. know that. Right. I like to get outside, mid-zone, outside zone. Mm. I like to get out in screens. I like to get out. Um, and you then use your athletic action, ability. Pro- the play-action pass protection is big mm-hmm. because I like to get on guys in the pass. I like to cross the line towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, delivering the bow, blow versus receiving the blow. Well, if you're on a run-first team, if you're in an outside zone team, you can beat up guys on, on their edges. And that, that is such a help when it comes time for third and six where you want to run that play action mm-hmm. and take a shot down the field. That's where you're in a comfortable spot as an offensive lineman. So like a, uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Tennessee Titans down there, their scheme, Look Minnesota. Brain on all Huh? Yeah, Look well, the brain I know. Well, I, 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 haven't, I haven't used it for anything else but football, so I have a lot of room in there, Kyle, man. <laughs> You're exactly right, Olin. Yeah. Like, I'll just use the Kyle Shanahan offense for example. Yeah, cool. Um, because we got a chance to cover them this year at CBS. And my gosh, it's like the, the guy's just got a mind for football. Um, and it's, it's obvious that he's been in it for a very long time. 
stuff like that. I mean, that, that stuff, that stuff affects how you look at it. Um, also the opportunities, you see all these players from around the league, veterans, great players getting released, stuff like that. So there will be opportunities everywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited about the chance to get back and put a helmet on, man. Awesome, man. Now, you know, I'll, I'll let you comment on this because we're basically a Chicago Bears show. And I know, you know, no one ever leaves happy. Shit, I didn't leave the Bears happy. You know, I didn't, I didn't leave here with, with too many good feelings. And as time goes on, you're, you're good. You're good with it. But, um, you know, I know the Bears fans love you, Kyle. Uh, you're still big name here in Chicago and mm-hmm. uh, people love the way you played football. Uh, just you want, you want to talk about, you know, how you felt when you left and, and how you feel now. Well, when I remember Chicago, I, I think about all the great times. Um, all the hard-fought wins at Soldier Field, going on the road at Lambeau and winning. Um, these are these are memories that will be with me forever. And unfortunately, uh, the ones that want to keep popping up in your memory are the, the latter ones, the bad ones. And I think I've had some good perspective here in the last year. And obviously, like you said, no, it, it ends properly or the right way for not many guys. Mm-mm. And you know what? My only regret is really how I handled it at the end. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Um, and understood the business. I, I, I grew up in it. I should have known better. Um, but yeah, I love my time with Chicago. I really did. Uh, and if, you know, guys ask me what's Chicago like, I say, Hey, football heaven. When it's right, it's football heaven. Mm-hmm. And when it's wrong, it's not that bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cold, but <laughs> that's football <laughs> in Chicago. Well, Kyle, you can go to any team, but you know the one team you can't go to, and that's that's that team up north. I don't like to say their name, but <laughs> that's the Swiss cheese, the stinky cheese up there, man. So I, I you know, I can't. I'm excited for you, man. I'm uh, I'm. It's going to be must see TV. I have my popcorn ready, and as long as you're going to go to that team up north, and we know who they are. You'll be all right. Yeah, man. I'm going to try to steer clear of. Uh all those guys in the, in the middle of the country that, that we all know so well. <laughs> well, bro, man, uh, we appreciate you joining this podcast. Uh, obviously, you know that me and J-Mac are cheering for you. Uh, you made comebacks before, you know. You, you dropped baseball, went to Oregon, first-round pick. Oh, yeah. uh, basically, in my opinion, uh, became the best right guard in the league. Um, you know, there was Yonda that year, and Zach Martin was just a rookie. I didn't think anybody was playing at a higher level than you in your second year in the NFL. NFL, and I don't see any reason why that you can't make this comeback happen also. Well, I appreciate those kind of words, though, and J-Mac is awesome talking to you, and Owen, let's uh, let's get a lift in here before we uh, sign somewhere. Maybe I'll send a video from your gym. You know that, man. Appreciate it, Kyle. See you guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm Jason McKee, and he's former perennial pro bowler, my co-host, Olin Krutz. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, we had some special guests. We had Kyle Long Thanks, Kyle Long, for his time coming out of retirement, so make sure you listen to that. Uh, As always, please share this podcast with all your friends, family, neighbors, anyone else you know who loves the game of football. My people in the barbershop, make sure you turn it on in the barbershop as well. Uh, Make sure you hit that subscribe button to make sure you follow this podcast on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Um, Also, give us a five-star rating. If you also want to write a comment, please do so as well. You've been listening to the No Name Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time. Mahalo. Mahalo.